It's the Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, AsianBoxing.info. You know where to find it. All the great Asian boxing news, all that you could ask for, wrapped like a Christmas present right there for you. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. And yourself? I'm doing excellent, Scott. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in California, and it's almost Thanksgiving. And while we can't meet up with a lot of our family because of all that's going on, it's still going to be Thanksgiving. Still going to maybe eat a turkey or two. Here's my question. Because you guys don't have Thanksgiving, is it just it's all Christmas right now? Yeah, pretty much. Christmas, Christmas, boxing, boxing, more Christmas. All right. I'm all in because those are two of my favorite things in the world. Speaking of boxing, let's start off with this past Saturday's show. In Japan, Karakan Hall, Ricky Naito, he was back in the ring. He was. He was defending the OPBF light welterweight title for the fourth time, taking on Yusuke Kono, or Kono, I'm not really sure the pronunciation, in what was a really interesting matchup. Um, Naito is, of course, a fantastic boxer. He's very quick, very sharp, a very good mover, but he's got absolutely no power, and his stamina is very questionable. Up against Kono, he's up against somebody who is a bit of a zombie, a very big, tall, strong, powerful guy. And for six rounds, it was really, really interesting. Kono seemed to batter Kono, uh, seemed to batter Naito around in round two and again in round six. Unfortunately, however, Kono suffered an injury to his left shoulder and was pulled out of the bout in round nine after, after <laughs> battling for about two rounds, one armed. So. It's a very anticlimactic ending to what had been a very promising bout. There was, however, maybe a more interesting bout on this card. Yeah, that was a super featherweight bout between Yoshimitsu Kimura and Shuma Nakazata. That bout was by far and away the best one on the show. It was an eight-round bout. It saw both men being dropped. It saw fantastic action. It set off as very much a cerebral boxing contest. And then Kimura was dropped in round four. Nakazawa was dropped later on in the bout as it became an absolute war. Just if you have boxing rays or if you uh, know someone who has boxing rays, I'd seriously suggest checking that one out. It was a fantastic eight-round thriller. Sometimes those are the best ones, the ones that you're not expecting. You know, the one that isn't the big title fight that's not being hyped up. Uh, sometimes those are the ones that uh, turn out to be the thrillers. Also on Saturday, an exciting Filipino card because you got to see superstars. Of course, former world champ Marlon Tapales, world title challenger Aston Palite, undefeated prospect Dave Apollinario. But while you got to see them, it wasn't like they were going up against world beaters. Yeah, it was very much a case of getting some guys to work out. Tapales took on Eden Sonson and probably the the only time where there's a B-side of any value, and Sonsona retired after two rounds. Um, Polikta battered Raymark today into a submission. David Polinario, who's probably the, one of the very, very, very best Filipino prospects, had his way with Bonjon Lopez. Uh, Joey Canoy, who's a massively underrated little guy, a light flyweight or minimum weight, he did number on Jovab Lucas. It's very much a case of a number of Sandman promotion fighters just getting workouts and really just getting back into the groove of things because it's only been the, it's the second Filipino show in about eight months. So 
it's a start and I think that's what we've got to see it as it's the movement towards something bigger and better for some of these guys I totally understand it it's been about a year since these guys last fought let them shake off some ring rust yeah it's just a shame that every fight was like that um it would be nice to send one or two semi-competitive bouts but you can't complain they need to get a workout they need to get into the ring bigger things will come next year Asianboxing.info, Scott and Colin. Now, yesterday, Scott, we had a couple of Japanese shows. Let's start out uh, over in Hyogo, where Rea Konishi was supposed to fight, but unfortunately, he got COVID. Yeah, he got COVID, and the bout was cancelled about four hours before it was supposed to take place. He was supposed to face former world title champion Katsunari Takeyama. Um, and this is supposed to be Takeyama's big return to professional boxing after about four and a, four and a bit of years. And unfortunately, Kanishi tested positive and the bout was scrapped at pretty much the 11th hour. Um, Takeyama entered the ring actually during the show to say thanks to the fans for turning out. And he'll be back next year, hopefully. That was one of three bouts of a sort of a three day stretch, which was cancelled very late notice. And Perhaps a bit of a worry in Japan right now, COVID, and it's picking up in boxing gyms. There's a gym in Osaka that's now had 11 cases by itself. It's just that winter weather, right? Everywhere it's picking up. I think everywhere in the world, uh, unfortunately, it's picking up. And we're just learning more and more about this virus, and it seems like it thrives in colder weather. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also perhaps a case in at least some of these cases where people have taken their eyes off the ball maybe a little bit. Well, we wish a speedy recovery to Rea Konishi and, of course, everyone else who's been affected by this virus. Scott, on that card, there were uh, a couple of other fights of note. There was. There were some absolutely brilliant fights. Um, the show itself was actually split into two parts. The first part of the show was probably the more... The more easy to overlook part, that was the one that Kanishi was originally supposed to be on. And instead, we only ended up with three bouts on that part of the card that originally had four. But a bout between uh, Takahiro Hamazaki and Takuya Takahashi was one of those ones where you looked at it and you kind of shrugged your shoulders. It was going to be a nothing bout. And instead, it just played four rounds of pure, unadulterated violence. It was brilliant. Uh, Hamazaki gave me serial killer vibes right throughout. He's just an absolute no cares. And yeah, it was a four-rounder, just a thrilling four-rounder. On the second part of the card, we had Shoishida, former world champion, no, challenger. Shoishida take a competitive win of a highly regarded prospect, Toshia Ishii. I thought the judges got this one wrong, personally, but I can see why they gave it to Ishida. He uses jab really well. He controlled the ring really well. And Ishii perhaps showed a bit of inexperience. He allowed Ishida to take the play away. In the main event on that card, Riku Kano, Riku Kanu, uh, took a decision win over Ryoki Hirai for the WBO Asia Pacific Light Flyweight title. Kano was dropped, um, and I think it was round three, but battled back hard. It, it was an ugly fight, that one. I wouldn't advise anyone tries to watch that anytime soon. It was just, it was a mess. It was an exciting mess. Also on the same day, uh, there were fights in Tokyo. We got to see another impressive prospect, Jin Sasaki, turn in another impressive performance. Yeah, Jin Sasaki is a 19-year-old welterweight, light welterweight. He 
took an and took an opening round win over Tatsuya Miyazaki. On paper, this was a nothing belt. It was just a chance to give Sasaki a run out, like we saw in the Philippines. But it was what came after the belt that was really interesting here. Um, so after Sasaki beat Miyazaki, he then went face to face with Aso Ishiwaki, and the two men had their belt and had their belt announced for December twenty sixth for the Japanese Youth Light Worldwide title in what really is a late Christmas present. Um, if anyone's seen these two, they'll know what to expect. For anyone who hasn't, tune to Airside Boxing on December 26th. You will get an absolute treat. That's going to be on the card, on the undercard, or I guess co-main event, I guess, of Ito's fight. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be the co-main event, to be honest. I know that card is an incredibly stacked one, and I've not seen the running order. But it also has Kai Chiba versus Haruki Ishikawa on it. As Ryo Akawa on it, as Shoki Sakai on it. It looks to be one of the best cards of the year. It's the one card I'm genuinely really excited about between now and well, now and the end of the year. It's got four bots on it that I want to watch. And yeah, it's a brilliant addition onto a fantastic card. Asianboxing.info. That's the website. If you love Asian boxing, then you need to have that website bookmarked on your browser because it has everything videos uh, this podcast and of course news and notes from scott he updates you about everything that's going on in the world of asian boxing now scott uh talking about bouts that we want to see later this week we get to see the coat the best in the world tbe back in the house it's the 54 no one hang mini often defends his title against Panya Padabshri or Pechmani Kichim, um, or Pechmani CP Freshman, any of the other number names. For one thing, this is the 13th defense of his world title. He looks to go to 55 and 0 and stretch even further ahead of Mr. Mayweather. That was his name, was it? The guy that used to be unbeaten and did this, that, and the other? I think I remember him. He was little well-known. He was in the lower weight classes, so that's kind of why in America he wasn't as well-known. Um, right, right. That explains it. Um, but yeah, this is the 13th world title fight between two uh, Thai world, between two Thais. It's the first one in over a decade. It is really highly anticipated in Thailand. And it's one of the very few bouts from Thailand like, you know, where you can actually do live bet on it in the UK. And one thing is a 12 to 1 favorite, and the challenger's priced about 6 to 1 at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a really interesting one for gamblers as well. Well, that begs the question then, Scott. Did you put money down on this fight? I have put a fiver on the upset. I think it's the pass from the touch fight. He's younger. He is maybe uh, the fresher fighter. He is the fresher fighter. So maybe it's his time to take over Juan Hang's throne. Exactly. The younger fighter, the fresher fighter, the naturally bigger fighter. Um, Juan Hang has already spoken about retirement. He's had niggling injuries. He's 35, which is ancient for a minimum weight. Yeah, he's the oldest WBC minimum weight champion in history. He's looking to, you know, I think he's looking to walk away from the spot and a loss would suit him and let him escape without any more. Now, if Juan Hang does pull this off, though, please, folks, let's just end this discussion. 
about who is the best of all time. I mean, it's 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 not even a question anymore. If he if he can pull off this victory, exactly. If he can beat another young lion at the age of thirty five, he can go to fifty five now against a young young pup like Panya Padabshri. Yeah, the, the conversation's over, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's nothing more to talk about. Dazon has a card also this week. Daniel Jacobs, Gabriel Rosado. But on the undercard of that, we have an Asian boxer, Majidov, from Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan. <laughs> Aziri guy. Uh, yeah, Majidov was a former amateur standout. His, his uh, amateur reign was brilliant. He is really well known for one of his brutal knockouts of Ivan Ditchko. And he also beat Anthony Joshua. Um, very, 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 very talented. But, what's the big but? He's now 34, and this is his third professional bout. When he signed professional with Matchroom, I think the idea was to fast-track him, move him really quickly, and then 2020s happened, and he's not been able to progress as hoped. It's unfortunate, because there's so many great amateurs out there that sometimes don't get their shine at the world level in the pro ranks. And you want to see the best fight the best. And sometimes those amateurs, they stay too long as amateurs and we don't get to see them in the pro ranks. Yeah, I think there's also a case that for an Aziri, for example, there perhaps isn't that forebearer. There isn't that guy that's gone professional and had that big run. Um, and Machidov was perhaps the one that could have done that, could have laid down the flag for Aziri boxing. And then 2020 has happened and it's taken any momentum he could have had and destroyed that before it really got going. It really has been a tough year for boxing, but we will persevere. We will move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, let's go back to Japan. Musashi Mori fighting against Yoshi Tamera for the WBO Asia Pacific Featherweight title this one I like. This one you have a banger against a tough guy in Tomato. We might see some fireworks. We should see some fireworks. Twenty-year-old Musashi Mori is looking for his second defense of the title. Um, in fact, actually turns twenty-one. I think one day before the fight. So he is a real talent, a naturally good boxer, a good mover, someone who's still developing style. He's been guided by Ismail Salas for a bit. Um, yeah, he's someone who I think has the potential to reach the top, but he needs real time. In Siyoshi Tomita, we have a pure banger, um, a flawed banger, someone who can be tagged, someone who's been stopped a few times. Um, but yeah, Tomita just comes to destroy, and it's going to be a real test of Mori's mental aptitude to see whether or not he can survive with Tomita. Um, it's also going to be a test for Tomita to see whether or not he can actually continue into the deepest stretch of the fight. Mori doesn't have the power to perhaps get Tamir's respect, but Tamir ties himself out. He throws so much heavy leather. Speaking of Musashi Mori, his hair is going to be the star of the show. I don't know how he gets it so curly. Just great hair. Great hair, great style. He's just one of those kids that just has it naturally, doesn't he? Yeah, he has all the attributes for a star in the making, only 20 years old, so he's ready to break onto the scene. Uh, now, Scott, we have a lot of news, a lot of rumors coming down the rumor mill. And first, let's start with, we were talking about the best ever in Juan Hang, 
we'll talk about a guy who, you know, he was close. He's close in the conversation, really doesn't match up with the GOAT. But uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, is back in the news, and he wants to fight again. I don't know if I want to see it, but he wants to fight again in Japan. Yeah, so just over a week ago, Floyd Mayweather was part of a press conference for Mega 2021, a Tokyo Dome event on February 28th next year, which he will be on. His opponent is unknown, and the rule set is unknown, the length of the bout is unknown, but he's been confirmed for that card. He uh, spoke at the press conference via webcam and seemed to be all up for it, but... Yeah, as to who or when or what, it's really, really, really not clear. So it could just be Floyd talking. We've heard that in the past. I mean, for all we know, he could be fighting a WWE fighter. He could. He'd probably have a better bet of him fighting a New Japan fighter or a or Japan or something. a wrestling company over in Japan than WWE. But yeah, why not? So Floyd in Japan. I mean, you're going to get people to watch the fight no matter what. Wherever it it may be, people are going to tune in to watch Floyd. That he has that kind of following. Yeah, and he also has business interests in Japan. And I think if we're being completely honest, that's probably more what this is about. The Mega Twenty Twenty One CEO has also been named as the CEO of TMT Tokyo or TMT Japan, or whatever it was called. Um, Kohai Tokohiro. So I think there's a business background to this more than anything else. I think it's very much an advert for. Mayweather's Japan uh, Enterprises or whatever it's going to be called. And you know what? I'm not going to hate on Mayweather. He he was a great boxer, and he he's one of the all-time greats. He cut his teeth early on, and now he's he's reaping the rewards. So um, you do you, Floyd, and I'm sure people will be watching in Japan. We also have an announcement, or possibly this is a rumor, a rumor date for Hiroto Kyoguchi, his rearranged bout after he uh, came down with COVID. Yeah, so the WBA have it listed on their website that Kaiguchi versus Thalangsak Simshri is set for December 26th. This is on the WBA's website, so again, we can take it out with a grain of salt, but it would seem odd that they've got it listed without something to say, yeah, this is going ahead. On the other hand, Japan haven't yet given the go-ahead for Kaiguchi to actually fight. And after all the COVID cases in recent weeks and months, there's a good chance that if they do allow it, it won't be fan-attended. It'll be an empty arena fight, which would be a massive, massive shame. You want to see fans in the stands, but I understand they're trying to be safe. And uh, as long as they can get the bout off, I think that's what's most important. Uh, we have some women's boxing news as well. We do. Mio Yoshida will be defending her WBR super flyweight, female super flyweight title on December 13th. Um, she's she's a really, really good story. Um, maybe not the best boxer out there, but a really, really solid story. And she's got a lot of attention being a successful single mother. She has a daughter at ringside a lot, and she's become a real publicity story over there, really good positive story about boxing she'll be defending against Tomoko Kuda in her second defense and you kind of want to see her do well I think she has to be third here I don't think Okuda has anything to trouble her with but it's still still she's been out the ring for a year and she's changed camps, there's been a lot of things going on in her personal life 
if she wins, I see her getting a lot of marketing contracts in the next year or two. So many times in boxing, we have these great stories. And I think that's what makes boxing so interesting because you're focused on one guy or one woman and you can delve into their personal life and see uh, what what's behind the boxer. And you can see this more in boxing than over other team sports like a football or a baseball or a basketball. Um, and that's what I think is so awesome. And, and so, yeah, to have Yoshida being a single mom with a young daughter, you talk about superhero mom, that's Yoshida. Yeah, and in regards to boxing stories, you also got to keep Mark Kriegel all of them. You you want to ship Mark Kriegel over, and he could do a a couple of stories on Yoshida because Mark Kriegel is the story man. Yeah, he's the guy that's obsessed with his fathers. You know, Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. This is a story about fathers, guys. This is two fathers who have molded their sons. Actually, speaking of fathers, I'm surprised he didn't do a profile on Shingo Inoue. I'm surprised that if, if he did go and do one with Yoshida, it'd be about the the father that's no longer there. Oof. I really don't know why he's no longer there, but that would be the story that Kriegel would tell, isn't it? I don't blame him because some of these fathers in boxing are are kind of off the wall, and they're very intriguing. And you see it more and more now that the fathers are in charge. Asianboxing.info. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Scott doesn't just focus on fathers. He focuses on Asian boxing in general. And you can get all that news on Asianboxing.info. Scott, any other news coming down the line? There's a strange amount of retirement recently, um, which I guess is news. Kayotaro Fujimoto announced his retirement from boxing, um, citing no viable opponents in Japan. Takenori Ohashi, the former Japanese national featherweight champion, announced his retirement. And Denapa Kiatniwa, or Sarawakom, also announced his retirement, citing head, in, uh, head issues. So it's, been a, it's been a bad week for retirement. Oh, good week for retirements, I guess. Hey, I don't blame anyone who retires. It's a dangerous sport. It's a violent sport. If you feel like it's your time to go, then uh, just best wishes into your future endeavors. That's all I have to say. Again, it was the Asian Boxing Podcast. It is the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. And we thank you so much for making us a part of your day, wherever you may be listening. We hope you are staying safe are either going to have Thanksgiving or are preparing for Christmas, whatever you're doing, listening to Christmas songs. I know Scott's doing a lot of that. Whatever you're doing, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you next week.